0: Good evening, folks. It's time for J-Talk. Of course, I'm your host, Jay Ramsey, and we've got our wonderful co-host, Nick from the Nick Drop.
1: I'm going to do that again. There we go. There you go. How you doing? What's up, everybody? What's going on, people? How you, man? I'm recovering. How are you? Recovering. Yeah, I'm great. Good. Good. I'm gonna tell you what nobody ever knows about this, but and and you really don't think about it, your body can't produce more blood than you need. Okay. I did not know this. Okay. okay? So and I'm not bashful by saying yes, I do testosterone shots every week, uh, so that I can keep myself, you know, acting like a 28 year old or a 25 year old. But for those of you who don't know anything about it and think, oh, I'm just doing that because I want to have sex. Got nothing. To, it's got something to do with that, but that's not what it's all about. It also, I, I, everybody knows when you get older, your skin gets thinner.
0: Yeah,
1: it's because of lack of testosterone and estrogen in your body. Well, at my age, next week I turn sixty, so and my skin is still, it's still pliable. It's still thick because of the testosterone. Good for you. But anyway, taking that shot, it. Your body produces more blood. So after a while, you get too much blood in your system, you'll start getting lethargic and lazy and tired. And I was real tired after Christmas. Just, I didn't want to do anything. I was just, you know, I was motivated, but I didn't want to do it. You know, that kind of thing. My body just didn't feel right. Like you were in a funk. Yeah. And last week, I went in and, went to give my blood, and she said, you want to do a double red cell count? And I didn't know anything about this. Basically, they hook you up to a machine, and they, they stick the needle in your arm, and they pull the blood out. They separate the plasma and the white blood cells and the red blood cells. They put the red blood cells in the bag, and then they pump the white and the plasma back into your body. Jay, 30 minutes after that, I felt 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Nice. And it was typically I was lethargic, slow getting out of bed, you know. Right. My brain wasn't functioning all that well. As soon as I got my blood down, or at least when you just go, you give a normal pint of blood. Right. When you do the red blood cell count, they take about a pint and a half. Right. And I'm telling you, I could remember stuff like, like. Somebody would walk in a room and go, oh, my God, where are my keys? And I would instantly know where they were, where they left them. And I'd go, oh, they're over there on the counter behind the blah, blah, blah. Right. And that happened like 10 times. And I was like, what? It blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. So I didn't mean to get a rant on that, but everybody needs to check their blood levels and give blood.
0: So, it, nothing wrong
1: with giving blood at all. Man, I mean, that's so a good thing. It's a, yeah. Yeah. You're helping everybody out. And there was a big discussion between me and my sister. I'm dragging this thing out. You got to cut me off. But my sister said, oh, well, you're AB positive. You shouldn't be eating chicken. And I'm like, what? Chicken's bad for people that have AB positive or AB negative, one of them, one of the ABs. Right. So, Jerry, I don't think I'm that blood type. And she goes, yes, you are because I'm that blood type. Mom gave us that blood. I'm like, and we've got the same parents. We're, you know, we're legit. I know. And she said, you have to have A, B, whatever. And I'm like, I don't think so. So I, when I went and gave blood, I'm like, what is mine? She said, you're O positive. And I'm like, the, the universal donor, O negative is a universal donor. They can give blood to anybody. Right. O positive can give blood to everybody except O negative, I think. And if anybody out there knows the exact deal on that, I tried to Google it and it That's hard to Google. So I'm pretty sure. So I text my sister and my whole family, and everybody started laughing. And my sister goes, All right, you can eat chicken. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Like, okay. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. I didn't want to. Sorry, folks. I went crazy on that one.
0: No, you're good, man. You know, you start off with a good story, though, because I mean, honestly, there's nothing wrong with donating blood. You know, blood banks need blood all the time. And, you know, for somebody to go in and get their blood checked and, you know, if they're living a little high and donate because they're feeling a little lethargic, you never know. It might make, make your day, your month, your week. So, I'm telling
1: you, it was a world of difference for me. A world of difference. Right. So,
0: you know, it could be a good Plus, thing for all these guys that are sitting at the gym, you know, popping those testosterone pills. So,
1: yeah, and if, Yeah, they need to. They yeah. really do. They give blood... And even now, the process that I'm going through with all the testosterone and all that, I could almost give blood once a week. Yeah. Because my body regenerates that blood that fast. Right. So they have these levels where they check you, they prick your finger, and they have these things called hematocrit levels. Right. So if you're over 47, you got plenty of blood to give a pint and still be fine. Yeah. And I went in there three weeks in a row and still had like, Fifty, and that's pretty high. You right. No. Right. I don't know how all that works, but that's the way they measure it. So. Right. Right. You're, you're so just basing
0: it on the information they give you.
1: Yes. And yeah. what I can, you know, what I can Google search, you know, I stay away from Wikipedia, but you know, yeah, yeah everything's enough. true on the internet. Just, just ask them.
0: Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Hmm. That's the way it goes.
0: Yeah. We're on the internet. Are you saying that everything we say is true? Absolutely, 100% oh, okay. true. Okay, just making sure, you know, we're on the same page here.
1: We both have PhDs in psychology and psychiatry. <laughs> I was going to throw that one out there, and I just choked right through the middle yeah, of it. Yeah, you so. did choke. You oh, couldn't
0: man. even say it. You're like, there ain't no way. If you'd have <laughs> said, you know, psychology and therapy, it might be in a little more believable, you know, but
1: yeah, no. But I stumbled. Yeah, you, you know. did. You stumbled big and time. He- that's it. Nobody's going to believe it when you stumble.
0: Well, it's funny though. You, you're, you're talking about psychology, therapy, psychiatry, and all that stuff, because today's episode, I wanted to talk. So me and Nick you know, share a lot of TikToks, folks. You guys know that. Um, we talk about it every once in a while. Every once in a while, we'll run across something that really kind of sticks out. And Nick sent me this video that really stuck out to me, and it was from a guy. I want to make sure. I say his name right. Nick's talked about him numerous times. Um, but let's see. What's
1: his name again? Is it Finn. Finn is his name. But on the, on the TikTok and on Instagram and YouTube. It's badass he, counseling. Badass counseling. Yes. And this guy's wrote several books. He's, uh, I mean, he's just phenomenal. Three, three he's my kind of, He's my kind of counselor. You know, he's a no bullshit kind of a guy. Yes. If I ever get an opportunity to sit down with him for an hour, he'll let you talk, and then he's not going to pull any punches.
0: Yeah, exactly. And he's going to be
1: blunt and in your face with it. Like right. you really need to get off your ass and do. You, know, you need. He's going to be like that. Not just. Well, right. you know, he's not so. He's not soft spoken at all. Right,
0: and so his best selling book is called "There's a Hole in My Love Cup." <laughs> Which that's is, one of them. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's one, but that's his best-selling book. And I'm just saying, yeah. you know. I mean, he's got multiple books, but yeah, that's his best-selling book. You know, not too bad. He's got 1.8 million followers on TikTok, so he's not doing too bad for himself. Yeah. So, but it was very interesting. So Nick's talked about him. Nick's been following him for a long time. Um, but uh, Sven, uh, there was a video where he talked about. Um, these three questions and what stuck out to me is he talked about what's your anesthesia and I was yes. like um okay this is an interesting um you know so it, the gist of it is and I'm and, and you know the, the question he's kind of asking is is you know and this is what we're going to talk about for the next you know 30 minutes 45 minutes but what is your go-to? You know, he calls it an anesthesia, but it's essentially what's your crutch? What's your, you know, when, when you don't want to deal with your problems, when you don't want to deal with whatever's going on, what do you go to? You know, as he said, it is, it's smoking, alcohol, you know, porn, uh, hardcore drugs. gaming, drugs, you know, it, you know overworking, that- you know, it, there there's quite a few because, I mean, it's not just, you know, the normal what we call the three crutches, you know, drugs, drinking and alcohol and smoking. I mean, it's it's right. it, you know, overworking is just as guilty because you're trying to get away from a bad situation or a bad, you know, bad home life. You you overwork, you stay at work <clears throat>
1: and even over exercising, <laughs> over exercising, anything to the extreme that you do to run away from you looking at yourself in the mirror,
0: or or yeah, looking at the problem essentially,
1: yeah, addressing at the, the problem, problem. yeah, that well, was always one of those things i I know I've said it on a podcast before, you know you're not happy with yourself when you can't walk up to the mirror, look at yourself and count to ten, right. If you can't make it to ten. You, ha- you, need, you need some soul searching or you need, you know, right. ther- I, you know I don't want to go so far as to say therapy, but even this stuff on TikTok, if you were to go through my TikTok page, it's constant therapy, right. you know, and a, and a little bit of comedy. You know, there's a couple of comedians in there, and I, I kind of like a little bit of laugh, but there's a lot of it that's soul searching on who I am and who I want to be and how do I accomplish you know, they always talk about be single. When you're single, just enjoy being single. Most people are uh, needy or they they have to have somebody around to give them validation, stuff like that. Right. And I was bad about that for years. I always had to have somebody around. Right. You know, and I was always proud of you because I would jump from one relation out of one right back into another instead of taking the time to get to know me and understand me. Sorry about that technical difficulty, folks. We're back. We're back in action. You know, I don't yeah, know what happened.
0: Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's weird. So
1: let's go back. I to gave the, Jay the. I gave Jay the typical reboot your computer. He just rolled his eyes at me. There you go. <laughs> it happens. That'll be three hundred ninety-five dollars. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's the way technical support works, isn't it?
0: Unfortunately, right. So anyway, so back to our discussion of. Anesthesia.
1: anesthesia and Sven guy's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. You know, it, we all do. And we do that. We fall back. And, a, and one of the things that he also talks about is a lot of the things that we deal with that, that force us to fall back to those alcohol, drugs, gaming, whatever, right. Yeah. Business exercising, you know, that's our, our extreme movement. All stems from childhood. You know, for example, if you grew up in a household where your parents constantly argued, when you get into a relationship and move in with somebody, when things are normal and there's no argument and everything's going just fine, most people that haven't healed themselves will panic and create an argument because they think that that's normal. Oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Yes. In their subconscious mind, they will pick. And if they're really bad and they haven't healed at all, they will cheat and lie and be shady, right? Because that's what they Just were taught. That's what they were taught, right? Yeah.
0: You know, people say, you know, well, I never taught my kids that. You'd be surprised. Your kids see a lot. You 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 teach your they kids
1: absolutely. They feel it. Yeah, and they see it. Yes. So, I mean, but the kids are more observant than you think. They might not know. How to explain it. Right. But they feel it. Yeah. They know like you walk in the door and you could be acting like you're in a great mood, but them kids know you had a crappy day and you're tired. And you know what I mean? Right. You can't hide that from them. No. But no. they don't know, hey dad, what's wrong? You know, a five, six, eight, ten year old, they don't know to go, hey dad, you sound great, but you don't look like you had such a good day. You know what I mean? Right. But in inside of them, they start <clears throat> feeling that stress and that, you know, I would like to learn not to talk about the word anxiety anymore. Okay, because this crutch, the only one crutch in this thing that pisses me off, everybody, oh, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm anxiety. You know, I have, I, I have anxiety. You know, it's like a cop out almost.
0: Yeah. So I, yeah, it, it's. It- People are substituting anxiety for stress. Yes. Stress is normal. Everybody has stress. It's what drives you in a lot of situations. Like if you are stressed out because you have a... Like if you're in school and you have a project due. Well, when you first get the project, you're not stressed because you got a month. Right. But when you got a week left and you haven't done... Hardly anything? Well, you're stressed. Why are you stressed? Because you haven't done anything. So that stress is that motivation to tell you, hey, you need to get your crap together and you need to get it done. Right. That's not anxiety. That's just stress. Now, there are certain people that stress causes anxiety with, but a lot of people are mixing up the two. Right. There is emotional stress, too, when you're in a relationship. That's a little different and a little more challenging, but it's still just
1: stress. Yes. You know, there's—go ahead. I was going to say, one of my favorite shows in the whole world is The West Wing, so the, and he's portraying the president of the United States. Right. And he ha- had some things go on, and he hadn't been able to sleep. So they called this trauma guy in who has been on the show before— and he says, they start going through all the factors of why he wouldn't be sleeping. Right. Of course, he smokes cigarettes. He's like, you know, is smoking keeping you up? He's like, well, it hadn't before. I only have one or two cigarettes a day, that kind of thing. And then he's like, well, let's go through environmental factors. Were the lights on? Was it too much noise? You know, and he goes through this whole thing and he's like, have you been stressed? And he looked at him and just as calm as anything, he said, stress is a Madison Avenue word. I don't feel stress. And I thought, wow, how do you get yourself to a point where you're that comfortable and confident in who you are to not feel stress?
0: Nah, bull crap. Everybody feels stress.
1: That I uh, you know, maybe ninety-nine percent of the population feels stress, but maybe there are some people in this world, a sociopath doesn't feel stressed. No, he does. They don't feel anything.
0: Mm. Okay. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah. But see, so, uh, but, but you know, the, the kicker
0: there is, is I, I, everybody feels stressed to one degree or another. It's how they handle it and deal with it. Okay. Good point. Okay. So yes. for me, okay. A good example before Andrew, if I was stressed, I stri- I thrived on stress. I was always at my best when I was stressed. Because I, like, for some reason, feed off of that. And I would just deliver my best work when I was stressed. Because I could go in, I could get crap done, and, and I just, that was me. I was, you know, strong-minded, strong-willed, just, you know, confident in what I could do. And, and yeah, you know. Are
1: you sure? I mean, do you consider stress being under pressure as well? Yes, know what I mean?
0: Yes. People who feel like they're under pressure to get something
1: done, that's stress. That's that's what I would call it. And and there are people in this world that thrive under pressure. Yes. And And there's a lot of us that choke under pressure (laughs) because they can't, you know what I mean? Right. Right. So yeah. Yeah.
0: So, but yes, there are a lot of people and so that was, for me, you could call that my anesthesia back then because you know, I I would run away from a situation and run away. And then when it became came to an head to where I had to deal with it, that stress is like what fed me to deal with it, you right. know, because that was where I was at my best. And so it was like, okay, now I can deal with it, but I can do it at my most effective. I'm like going to be, you know, 120%. Whereas if I would have done it back then, I probably wouldn't have been, you know, there are still some situations where if I put under stress, I excel. And I don't know
1: why that is. That's just my nature. Well, I have a great example of that. Okay. Because of you, it caught me off guard when I went to, um, I'm not really sure what you call it. After Andrew passed away, you had a viewing, a, what would you call a wake, a viewing? Uh, the viewing, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was there and I looked at you and I said, hey. You know, I'm here for you, you know, because when my first wife passed away, it was about four months later, I lost it. Right. I just started hysterically crying. Right. You know, and of course, I was alcohol induced, you know, that kind of thing. And it scared my brother. And my It's like two o'clock in the morning and I'm sitting in Galveston Island on the beach, just bawling. I right. mean, it finally hit me. Right. So I remember that and I went to you. I'm like, when you have that moment. You call me, I don't care, 24 hours a day, you pick up the phone, I'll come running. You right. said, Nick, I don't have time to break down. I still have three other kids to take care of. And I was like, all right. So that's one of your deals where that is a highly, highly stressful situation. And you're like, I just, I just don't have time. And you were calm about it. You didn't <laughs> come back, you know what I mean? You were just I like, know. I, I know. don't have time to be stressed, Nick. I don't have time to lose it. I got three more kids to raise. And I was like, damn, okay, well, I'll be there for you anyway.
0: You know. <laughs> I know, I remember that. You
1: remember that? <coughs> I was like, wow. Right. Okay.
0: But, you know, it, it would have been easy for me, honestly, think about this. It would have been easy for me to just run to a bottle, run to burying my head in some video game, burying my head into, you know, whatever, Okay. It would have been really easy. And I don't think anybody would have blamed me, honestly. You know? They wouldn't have been happy with me, but I don't think anybody would have blamed me. So and I think that's the biggest part. And and I think that's what Sven's talking about here is is what, you know, do we do we face our problems head on or or do we just run and find that that get getaway that you know that anesthesia that one thing that makes us feel good now i'm not saying that i don't do those things but i don't think at the n- at the level that uh, some other people do probably right. at a m- m- lot less level do i still play video games yes but a lot of times i play them with my kids so you know it it's kind of a, it can be a little bit of a gray area i I did, in a way, dive into something, but not necessarily the bottle. I dove into my kids, making sure their mental health was good, making sure they were good. Because, you know, that's, that was important to me. Right. I chose to face the problem head on and try to deal with it instead of running. And Because it, it, you're right. And like Sven says, it is very
1: easy to run. Oh, absolutely. Right. I know I've done it. I have jumped in the bottle. I did pick up the cigarettes again, you know. Right, right. So yeah, I've I've been absolutely there, you know, and eating, you know, gaining weight. That was, you know, we've all fall, you know, we've all fallen into that category because we just quit. I don't I don't know if I say we quit caring, but our level of caring dropped with the stress or with, you know. So once that happens, you start stepping outside of the lines and. You know, I might have a beer or two every night with dinner. And at that point, I was drinking six of them, you know, or I, right. I actually, you know. Right. So, yeah, the the care level kind of dropped. And then, you know, after about a certain amount of time, when you figure out how to deal with that, you go right back to, okay, I need to get back in the game. You right. Know? And then you start eating right, drinking less and, you know, trying to quit smoking, you know, all those crazy things that we do.
0: <coughs> and, I mean, we're all guilty of it. Yeah, I, I think I told you, I mean, I gained what is it, at least 20 pounds, maybe 30 pounds on the first holidays after Andrew died. Because, right. you know, I was feeling the emotional stress, you know, and some people would probably say it's more than the emotional stress because that's losing a child is was way more than just the normal emotional stress. Let, let's just let's just be honest here.
1: That's at the top of the chain,
0: buddy. yeah. That yeah.
1: is the top yeah, I mean, dog. That's, the, that's
0: borderline know. mental depression. I mean, you know, emotional depression. I mean, let's be honest.
1: Oh, yes, it is. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. You know, so you can, you can get pretty. So I, I would say that holidays, I threw myself at comfort foods to deal right. with my emotional stress, you know? And so I... I eat everything was comfort food, you know, anything and everything I could think of from previous holidays that remind, that gave me a good feeling. That's what I did, you know, uh, all the the iced oatmeal cookies, you know, your butter cookies, you know, oh, your fruit damn. cake, uh, you know, eggnog. I mean, <laughs> let's just be honest, it, it was just anything and everything. Pumpkin pies during Thanksgiving. Oh. You know... I'm hungry, man. I haven't eaten dinner. No, oh, I'm sorry, man.
1: Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. All that sounds good, though. I want it.
0: Yeah, but the, but you that's know. that's the whole thing. But it, it's okay if I had a slice of pumpkin pie that holiday. But no, I probably ate by myself three pumpkin pies during the holiday. Wow, yep. yep. You, you know, and it's, that'll catch up to you, you know? So... And that, it's
1: easy to do. It it's really easy is. easy to do.
0: It is. It is. Because I, at, that t- at that time... You know, I was wanting that anesthesia, that feel-good comfort food to relieve some of the emotional stress that I was feeling. Right. It wasn't anxiety. It's, it's not like, I, you know, that's not what the problem is. And I think that's where a lot of people get the terms wrong. They're saying anxiety right. now, and it's stress you know now can stress cause anxiety with certain people yes but yes. a lot of times they're not giving the right term right now you know but
1: i think anxiety i think it's been overwhelmed in society these days
0: oh 100% i literally
1: think it's just been overwhelmed to, you know you know this they're always saying oh that's bullshit you, you know man you need to get over it you know deal with your problems pull it up pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get back you know that old mentality back in the have you know right. 50 years ago that actually has some sense to me now because we don't do that with our kids anymore oh get over it you know fuck up be a man you know stop that crying you know we don't do that anymore when our kids cry now they're like we're like oh baby what's the matter you know talk to me about your feelings and your emotions you know and because we aren't so harsh, I don't know where there's a happy medium. you know what I mean? Right, but there needs to be a happy medium because now we've taken it from one extreme to the other, and anxiety is prominent. Everybody's got it. I mean, if I drop my pen on the floor, oh my God, and I start you know, people right. will start freaking out on things that small, right, right. you know,
0: right? Well, and so, so I, I will tell i will I will say this. I'm not. My, I don't think my kids are that bad. Um, and yet, you know, I have one that, you know, w- witnessed the after effects of what happened. And, right. and still, he is actually not that bad. He's pretty good. You know, overall, mentally and emotionally, he's pretty strong. You know, he can talk about it. He talks about it with his classmates, you know. Right. And so, do I... <sighs> Do I understand where you're coming from on that comment? You know, buck up. You need to get things okay. You know, the funny thing is, is it's really hard because that was one of the things I used to tell my son Andrew is is I used to tell him, look, dude, come on. You're okay. High school is just four years out of your life. You've got your whole life ahead of you, you know, and I kept trying to tell him, you know, whatever you're going through right now, it's going to be gone really quickly. You, you trust me. You know, you just, you got to just, we'll, get, we'll work through it. I'm here for you. I'll teach you how to work through it. But he just never,
1: you he know, did it on his own. Well, yeah. For the most part, he's handled it. I mean, he's handled it very well. He's handled life. No, I'm talking very about well. Andrew, not Gabe. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the other yeah, one. Yeah, no,
0: Andrew is the one I told that to. And so, oh, right. Yeah, you know, so, and that, that's very tough because, you know, he didn't know how to handle it. So, now, Gabe, right. I've done a little differently, but only because of the, what I would call the trauma and the emotional stress. Right. Because Gabe has legitimate trauma, you know. He has legitimate mental health to be concerned about. You know, other kids, you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a, give you a good example, you know, and this this is you know, I know we're a little off subject, but i'm I'm glad you brought this up. I actually had a kid come to my house and spend some time with Gabe for a little trip, you know, whatever they want to call it, you know, friends hanging out, and this kid. Started to install some software On Gabe's computer And of course my older son Jay Jr. Walked in and they were doing something And Gabe's like You know and of course my older son's like You know y- y- Did you ask dad about that? And he's like well no And and Gabe's like well I told him not to do it And the kid was like You know he kind of stopped what he was doing And Jay walks out And I walk back You know, 30 minutes later, and the kid's installing something else. Okay, Gabe's asking me, Dad, what's this? And I'm like, well, it's this. And I said, why? And he said, "Um, well, how do you use it? And I'm like, you don't need to use it. And I'm like, why do you have it? And he said, well, what's his name installed it on my computer? And I'm like, so, Uh Yeah. And so Jay comes in and he's like, I, didn't I tell you not to install that? And so I literally, I tore into this kid. I was like, wow. I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, do I, do you go to somebody's house and disrespect him? I said, Gabe told you not to do it, right? Well, yeah. And I'm like, so you didn't respect Gabe enough not to do it. So I said, you know, it's probably time you call your dad and come tell him to come get you. And I literally, I mean, I don't care. This kid's 12, 13 years old. You just don't do that at other people's places. You respect. Right. What's going Absolutely. on? If you know, if the if your friend tells you not to do something because he's afraid of getting in trouble with his parents, you don't do it. Right. So, yeah, I chewed in, dude, he shut up. He didn't say anything. His dad comes over, picks him up. I stop his dad, I tell him what goes on. I said, "Look, the kid lost my uh, my trust." I said, "If he wants to earn it back, he can try, but he's never going to be allowed to be in, on any electronics in my house again." And, right? You know. And he said, "I understand. This is a big issue at home because his dad lets him do whatever he wants, and we try to show him discipline." It uh, was so. I got yeah, so yeah. So parents
1: so, are divorced and remarried. Yeah, the stepdad so is the one some, I'm talking yeah. to. Yeah. There's it's, some there's some trauma there. Get, I get it. Yeah. And so, that. you know, I'm
0: like, okay, I understand. But, you know, this kid, he's like, you know, your dad, he scared the hell out of me. I can't ever go back. We can't be friends outside of school anymore. He's, oh, wow. Yeah. He's just literally like, your dad is the scariest man I know. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, you have no clue.
1: It's like, you know, I'm not that And that's that scary. far from it. It was just like, look, you disrespected me. Stand up. Like they used to say in the old days, stand up like a man and say, yep, I did it. I apologize. It won't ever happen again. Right. You know? But he's not being taught that. Yeah, well, see, that was a problem I had with my kids. They'd come over when I'd pick them up, you know, when they were young, and I'd have to pick them up from school and have them for the weekends and stuff like that. Right. They'd bring their Xboxes or PlayStation, and they're playing Grand Theft Auto, and they're 11 and 10 years old. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute. First off, where'd you get the game? Oh, well, mom bought it. And she allows you to play that game in her house? Well, yeah. Well, you're not playing it here. So I ended up being the bad guy. Yeah. And then my kids didn't like me. Right. Because I was trying to structure and discipline my children. I guess I should have just beat them and then called it a day. Cause, But, you know, now I'm the bad guy. Right. You know, and now the kids, the youngest one's 20, and he's now like, Dad, I understand, you know. Really wasn't a good idea, but you know, blah blah blah. Well
0: but so, okay, uh, I, I got a question. To get back on subject with that, okay, did okay. you did you run from that situation or did you confront it? Did you run for your anesthesia or did you confront it? And I think that's the I big ran. that's oh really? See, so I that ran. that's what Sven's talking about. Because here's the whole thing. Yeah. I will tell you this. One of the things he talked about too. And I see this in you. In after a while, do you get tired of the anesthesia? Do you get tired oh, yeah, of that comfort piece, that thing you ran to? Does it eventually get to the point where you now hate it or you know dislike it because you're starting to see that it's caused you to run away instead of deal deal?
1: Right, you can run away from it, but when like and you're talking about drinking. I just I, well drinking, smoking, ago, whatever, ago, was, anything like that. Yeah, my particular one was drinking. I just got tired of it. I mean, I like I, I didn't drink for weeks. Not even a glass of wine. Not even one beer. I just wasn't interested in it. Right. But when you do that, you go towards that anesthesia. When you come off of that anesthetic. Yeah. The problem's still there. Yes. So if you took just an, uh, you got a stressful day you go have a few drinks, you know, do drugs, smoke a cigarette, whatever your anesthesia is. The next morning, problem's still there. Right. You know, you just disappeared from it. You literally just walked away from it, but now you have to confront it. So why wait? But we're all really good at, oh no, I can't handle all this. I need to back away. So let me grab my anesthesia, do what I got to do, and then I'll deal with the problem later. Right. You know, so when I just got tired of having a few drinks or, you know, even drinking on the weekends, you know, I was just drinking water or whatever. That was it, you know. The, <coughs> right. The stress was still there. But at that point, at one time, I was dealing with it without jumping for my anesthesia. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I was doing it the right way. I was I was starting to come to grips with me. Yes. You know, and actually, who I am, and the faults that I have, and how to deal with all that stuff, looking at myself in the mirror, and all those good things, and coincide with that, I just got tired of drinking. Right,
0: because it, after you know, a while, it's like, you know, this isn't really helping me deal with my issues. Right, this, this is just yeah. a distraction.
1: It was. It, it really it was, is. It was a crutch. Yeah, a crutch. as it, it called it, a crutch?
0: Right now, and it, it now not, I'm not saying that drinking's wrong. You know, but here's the nice thing. If you can enjoy a drink at night with your friends and not use it to get away from your problems, but just use it to relax when you're having a good time, then it's not a crutch.
1: Not overdo it. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Good, good way to put it. Do they always say that all, all of the psychologists and all of them, all the success motivators it's okay to do everything in moderation. Right. Right. Once you start doing things to the extreme, and it could be anything, it could be working out. Yes. No, it, it's it doesn't could be have to working be period. Or drugs. Yeah. It could be working period. It could be reading books, watching TV, Get anything you do. Anything you do it to the extreme yep. is a drug. In excess. If you want to say it like that. Yeah, in exactly.
0: Yeah. 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 People that have so, to sit in a club and listen to the loud
1: music and listen to the beat—it's the same. Or, or chase guys and girls and try to get that that quick fix of attention by having sex with a stranger. I mean, these are all—they're all the same thing.
0: They're all anesthesia, anesthesias.
1: Yeah, they're 100%, 100%, yeah, all anesthesia. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, they're
0: all crutches, as as Finns like to put it. Yeah. So, yeah. and I I like I think that's interesting, but I, I'm. You know, he asked three questions. It's, it's, you know, the one was, is what's your anesthesia? You know, what's your crutch? What's your whatever? You know, right. we all have to identify that. You know, I've already admitted, you know, like during Christmas, mine was food. You right. know, it, it, it was an emotional stopgap because I didn't want to deal with those emotions at that time. You know, right. I, I just wanted to eat my comfort foods, be happy for Christmas. So I would be happy with my kids. That's what right. I wanted to do. That was my way of trying to be strong and be, have a good Christmas with my kids. I could have easily just lost it and went a different crutch, which would have not right. helped my situation.
1: Yeah, it would have made it worse.
0: Yes, okay. exactly. So it's, I, I chose a crutch that I thought would not be a super negative. It did not help my weight, so it was a negative. Don't get me wrong. It just it wasn't I didn't bury myself in a bottle to where I wasn't even any good to my kids.
1: Well, you know, and I'll I'll say this. I don't mean to cut you off, and I'll let you get back to that point. No, you're good. But the food crutch, I think maybe in your mind, that really doesn't affect you emotionally like alcohol or drugs or, you you know. You know what I mean? Yes. So you wanted to be on your best behavior for your three kids up here emotionally. Mentally, yes. So you picked a crutch that wouldn't affect your mental acuity and your, you know,
0: your judgment or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So that's a very good point. I get that. Right. I get that. Right. So I, I, I'm the one that goes right to the, to block the emotions and the, you know, grab the bottle. Right. You
0: know. Well, but, you know, the funny thing is, is that there are a lot of people like that. There's actually probably most. You know, I'd say 75% of the nation.
1: Would. Oh, I'd say it's more than that because what? Who pays for all the football games and baseball games and yeah, exactly. soccer? Exactly. Yeah,
0: Budweiser and all Bud that. Budweiser. Yeah, exactly.
1: Miller, you know, right. Miller products, Crown Royal, all of that. Right. Everybody's every sick- grocery store has more alcohol in it than they in cigarettes than and than they do food. You know.
0: Some places, yeah, you're right.
1: 90% of a convenience store gas station everything that's in there is battery. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I know. Except for aspirin. <laughs> Just saying. They throw a couple of those in there. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. Here, here Apollo like this. Aspirin and condoms. That's what they have at convenience stores. There so, you go. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. So <laughs> oh my gosh. But okay, Just so that's you know. that's first question. Second question that he focused on was is at what point Oh, what was it? He How did he put it? He said something along the lines of, you know, when do you address your... Oh, what is it?
1: Hold on a second. Let me... Are you going to play it again? Play it on the podcast. That would be funny. It's only a minute long, I think. But he's so wound up and he's so animated... When he's talking, he's actually, and this guy's in great shape. He's a big boy. Can you hear
0: it? I can, yeah. Gaming, uh, swiping and scrolling. Is it food? Is it busyness? What is your go-to that you're forever going to when you feel down inside? When you're feeling sad, camera. run down, overwhelmed. What is it that you go to? Second, has it occurred to you that that has become your crutch? That you're, you're fallen in love with that crutch, that anesthesia? Because the difference between the unhealthy person and the healthy person is that the unhealthy person is forever running to the anesthesia to make the pain go away, to make the wound go away. The healthy person is running towards the wound, is running towards awesome. the pain to look at it, to finally heal the wound, rather than keep running from it to the anesthesia. Third question, have you gotten sick of the wound yet? Have you gotten sick of the pain you're running from? More importantly, have you gotten sick of the anesthesia, or it doesn't even fully work anymore? And at what point do you finally fucking change? Change your life have a
1: kick-ass day three quick he gets so wound up he was running out of breath i know i know you know god he's i mean but so to the point i mean <sighs> how can you and i love the way he does it he's up in your face you know he doesn't have a problem throwing out the f-bomb and cussing right and then he just follows it up with a big old smile and says have a kick-ass day you know exactly so. exactly but I mean, awesome.
0: he, he, but but I love the way he, he makes those points. It's, you know, when do you get tired of that pain to where you right. address it? When do you get tired of the anesthesia? Because it's not solving the problem, you know? Yep. And and I think that's, you know, we talked about the first question quite a bit and a little bit into the sex, uh, second section about, you know, do you always go to the, the crutch, the anesthesia? That's when you fall in love with it. You know, it becomes the item that you're always going to, even when you're not dealing with your emotions and your problems. It just becomes, that's what you go to because that's just what you're you're normal. It's, it's, you know, and I think that's where the alcoholics start to become, you know, the real alcoholics is because they go from, initially, it's just I'm dealing with the pain. So I'm drinking, you know, six, seven, eight beers. Well, you know, now it's become the norm. And it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm already drinking six, seven. What does it hurt if I drink, you know, another three or four or another five? Or, hey, I'm out with my friends. I'm drinking
1: 16, you know. I I had a coworker that literally couldn't wait to get off work, drove his personal truck to work so that the minute he left, he was going to buy a bottle of Crown and a two-liter bottle of Coke. On the way home, the bottle of Crown was more than half gone. Driving home. Yeah, that's messed up. You know, that's a guy that's got, you know, he actually was diagnosed PTSD. You know, he was, in the, he was in the military, that kind of thing. Right. But that's exactly where he could not wait to get off and go to the closest liquor store. Right. To buy a bottle of Crown and or a bottle of Jack Daniels and a two-liter bottle of Coke and some ice to fill up his Yeti. And he drank that more than half of a bottle on the way home. Right by the end of the night it was gone right and he was crawling cuz he couldn't walk you right. know right every night right
0: and see the so. problem is is you know in that situation if he truly had PTSD he really needed help he needed yes. he needed to be seeing a therapist a counselor a psychiatrist a psychologist whatever he needed to see one of those he needed to be seeing someone because with PTSD you know he's never going to and, and and I don't know enough about PTSD, but you know, is he ever going to get over it? Because there, I from what I hear, there are a lot of guys who really find ways to help, um, you know, heal themselves. You know, service dogs, different things like that, and they live normal right. lives. But yes. it sounds like he is just burying his head in a bottle and just trying not to deal with it that way. He's trying to. You know, I don't want to remember. I don't want to even think about it. I don't even want to
1: think about anything right, you know, and that's a and bad problem, yeah, he did. He went and got help. I mean, he was he was cheating on his wife. She was pregnant. I mean, there were a lot of things going on that this guy was just, and one day I saw him six months later, he had quit drinking. He had quit smoking. He was going to therapy sessions once a week. His wife had the baby. they Both went to counseling and got past all the drama that they went through. Right. And he looked at me and he said, I really hurt a lot of people, didn't I? I said, yeah, but that was a past. And he's like, yep, and I'm moving forward. And I want to walk through and apologize to all those people I hurt. And I'm like, it won't hurt to do that. And he looked at me and gave me a hug. And he said, I'm sorry for hurting you. Good for him. I'm like, you know, he. so, yeah. But he went through a bad time, you know, well, but and he no. hit it for that crutch.
0: Right. But so in, in, in his situation, he, there must have been a point where that third question came into play from Finn. Yep. It, it's the, okay, when is your situation, your trauma, your whatever that you're running from, when, 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 when are you getting tired of it? You know, and are you tired of, of drinking all the time? And, you know, at some point he probably, you know, it could have been the birth of his child. And he looked at the birth of his child and he said, I'm not going to do this kid any good if I keep running away from this issue.
1: Right. Maybe.
0: You know, and and that's the whole thing because kids can do a lot of things for you. When you see that child, there's a certain level of love. A lot. I would say almost all people, when they see that firstborn child, it's like it changes you inside.
1: Everybody goes through that.
0: Right. So yeah. not everybody for the positive, but I would say 95% is yeah, positive. True. You know, some I people. I mean, it might
1: affect them, but they might, they might just turn right back into whatever their crutch is. Yes. You know, or their anesthesia because right. they can't handle that right. emotion. Right. Exactly.
0: But see that, that, that's a positive. I mean, that was a great story. I'm glad you told that story because it did. It summed up Vin's point. You know, yep. he hit that third question okay, I'm tired of running away from this PTSD. I need to deal with it so I can lead a normal life. And right. I'm tired of being drunk because, you know what? I can't see my kid grow up if I'm drunk all the time.
1: Yep. And he had he had three young girls, and then I think they had a boy. Nice. So, and, he, you know, after having three girls, you know, he was losing his hair and getting old. <laughs> then he had the boy, and, you know, man doesn't want a son right you know we all want a son and i'd love to i would love to have had a daughter but you know yeah i know but that's just the way it is so maybe that was the thing that made him take a look in the mirror and actually get to five instead of you know he couldn't get to two before that because he hated himself right now maybe it allowed him to get to five enough to go all right i'm done right Time to get help, and then shortly after that, he could actually look at himself and count to ten. That's awesome. Right?
0: No, 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 that's great. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you know, that's it's funny on that counting the mirror thing. That's a good analogy because, yeah, if you know, in Sven's point of view, when you're at when you're at one, that question one, where you're going to your anesthesia, you're not wanting to look at yourself because you know you don't want to deal with your problems. You know, people who generally you know, I know a lot of people, and I've had some friends who, you know, as soon as they get off work, they don't even want to go home. They they want to go to a bar, and they want to sit at the bar for two hours, happy hour, drink with their friends, because they don't want to go home. They don't want to be with their family. They, they're, they yeah. you know, the family is just too much. It's too crazy. It's it's too much. They want this. They want that, you know, or whatever. Or my wife's giving me a hard time about this, or you know, it, and it's like, dude, if you just embraced and, and addressed, you know, and engaged in the situation, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. When I'm off work, I'm excited to go home. I, right. I'm happy to go home. I, I love it at my house, you know, and, and it, it was funny before I even, you know, yeah, me and my ex-wife, we had some problems right before we got divorced but I'll be honest with you, I still enjoyed coming home. Right. You know, because that was my sanctuary. That was my, yeah. you know, and you never Yeah, we ended up divorced, but you never nothing good ever comes from not dealing with your problems.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You gotta sit down, you gotta and that's the that's the whole the whole hard the hard part about where we're going to talk about the anesthesia versus trying to fix it in a couple's relationship, you both have to be ready to fix it. You both have to realize that you're both the problem and you're both the solution. Yes. But if one's in anesthesia mode and the other one's in, okay, I'm sick of the anesthesia. I'm ready to fix it. You have to get in sync. That's where the problem lies in all relationships. Right. Right. You get one that's not ready to get out of their anesthesia you know right. that's the hard part
0: no i agree with you that that's a good point too for relationships i know a lot of sh- our shows spin off on relationships and and dating and stuff like that so that's a great tie-in to a lot of our normal subject items because that's that is so true because i think we've all been there you know where we're in different stages you know, I think it, I, at some point in my marriage, I probably was in anesthesia mode. And then there were and, points when I was in fixed mode. But, you know, if we weren't in the same mode together, you're right. You're always out of sync and then it becomes a problem. So I don't ever remember you
1: just, I remember you fighting all the way through it. I don't ever remember you saying, I want this divorce. I can't take anymore. I'm done. I don't know if you ever thought that, but it, I never got that from you. Right, right. So, And I was the same way. Like, we can figure this out. And she was done. She was already out the door. Right. So there's nothing that I can do in that situation. She's going to win that battle. And she did. Because right. I, I didn't even want to sign the paperwork. So I'm for... like, go ahead, take your break. Right. Call me however long it takes. I'll be over here waiting for you. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. For me, it was November f- 2015.
1: Well, so yeah, that I, was I didn't have me. a choice. I got I got kicked out of the house, and you know, all right that stuff.
0: But November two thousand fifteen is whenever I had made the. I come to the realization that you know, look, it's just not gonna work, you yep. know, and I, it's time for me to move on. And so yeah, so you know, and that in itself some people would say is it, my anesthesia was trying to make it work. Right. You know, sort of like you, it's like, you know, this is a marriage. This is a couple, you know, you have kids together, you're putting forth effort in, instead of actually facing the real problem of what's going on. Right. You know, you're looking at things through those glasses and not seeing the reality of the truth. And that's I was willing
1: to change and work on the relationship and she was she'd already checked out.
0: Right. And see, but that's the funny thing is is you were going above and beyond what you should have been in excess. So you yep.
1: So you see it does go both ways. I get you. I get it. Yeah. So Uh but
0: yeah, so you know, and folks I really like this guy. If you ever get a chance, check him out. He's on multiple platforms, um, badass counseling. He's really cool. Go read his book. We gave it to you at the beginning of the show. Um, I can look it up real quick again. But yeah, I mean, he's got some really great uh, commentary. He does a couple of live shows. We, yeah, he really? Does.
1: We, we, on TikTok.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, best selling book, There's a Hole in My Love Cup. I still love it's the f- awesome. that that's a title that's a great title. I'm going to see if I can find it on Amazon and and add it to my Audible. So I might do that too. Yeah. I, I I've been thinking about it. So. I actually he's, just he's got a just credit. A so, you know, I'm ready. I can I can get it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I just he's got some great stuff. Go check him out, if, especially if you're looking just for some encouraging words um or encouraging points. You Know it, it, it's a really great one, so um, you know, shout out um to badass counseling, um, you know, go check him out, and yep. uh, that's that's all I got for today because I think that was a really good one. I, I really, you know, we're all guilty, and yep. so you know, it, it but you know, we all gotta, like you said, you gotta get to a point where you like hate the issue hate the problem and want to deal with it you got to get to a point where you hate the anesthesia the crutch and you got to you know okay i got to get off this crutch and actually move forward with my life so people do it all the time nick had a great story about someone we've done it in our own lives
1: you can do it too amen so any final words for the group you know the only one thing i got to say at the end of these things i love you brother
0: I love you, too. Of course, we love you fans. Um, Keep following and keep listening.